Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What the people in this country want to hear is slow politics. Hello and welcome to Slow Politics from Tortoise. I'm Matt Dancona. And I'm Lara Spirit. In this series, we're digging deep into the world of politics, but in a distinctive tortoise style. In each episode, we'll tell you about one issue, story or person driving the agenda in Westminster. We'll be trying to uncover the deeper forces at work and tell you the inside story on the people who, often behind the scenes, make things happen. Today we're going to talk about one of the mysteries from the Sue Gray Report, the party that got away. Here we are in the aftermath of the final report by Sue Gray into Partygate. And, you know, the headlines as we're recording this are still full of Tory MPs sending in letters of no confidence and plenty of speculation around Westminster about, you know, when rather than if a vote to um, determine the future of Boris Johnson's leadership is going to happen. And, and, and so, you know, this, this is why I think it's, it's, re- it's a really good moment to go and look at that particular party. I think you're right that the Sue Gray report has totally failed to draw a line under Partygate so far. And one of the most important reasons for this, I think, is the kind of strangest and most frustrating passage to many commentators, which is this party alleged in the number 11 flat where the Prime Minister and his family live, which was on the 13th of November in 2020, Carrie Johnson allegedly hosted a party. And the Sue Gray report goes into a huge amount of detail on some parties and on this party, which I think it's fair to say had taken on before the Sue Gray report quite an important role, right? Because people were saying, especially after the first fine was issued, this is going to be the real one that he could be issued a second fine for. And the report actually really said only this, which was following the announcement of the departure of Dominic Cummings and Lee Kane, those are two of Boris Johnson's former advisers, a meeting was held in the number 10 flat for some time after 6pm to discuss the handling of their departure. Five special advisers attended. The Prime Minister joined them at about 8pm. Food and alcohol were available. The discussion carried on later into the evening with attendees leaving at various points. And then Gray goes on to say rather oddly that she cannot comment further because she's only just begun investigating this event when the Met announced its own inquiry. And, you know, this this really stands out in her uh, report because there's all this detailed description of you know, carousing, heavy drinking, throwing up, insults to... Downing Street staff and it goes into quite a lot of detail but we're left guessing and 
kind of clueless about this particular gathering. And as you said, Laura, it was one which had been the matter of intense interest since it was first reported, as it turns out, in the Mail on Sunday, all the way back on 15th of November 2020. So very soon after. Very soon after. Well, what do we know about it officially? Um, officially, as Sue Gray's report says, it was to discuss the, the, the fallout from the departure of Dominic Cummings, the senior advisor, and Lee Kane, the ex-communications chief. And also, curiously, a, a job interview for the special advisor, Henry Newman. This is how Catherine West, uh, the Labour MP for Hornsey and Wood Green, posed the question on the day of the report's publication. Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. The Prime Minister said that on the 13th of November 2020, the ABBA party he attended briefly. His defence was a job interview. Can he confirm he was only in his flat and he met Henry Newman to discuss a job? And can he confirm what the other special advisers were doing? Were they part of the job interview as well? And this is how... Boris Johnson replied. Mr Speaker, uh, that uh, evening was uh, extensively investigated, uh, to the best of my knowledge, and, I don't, I, I, and I, I don't believe I can improve on what Sue Gray has had to say. What's certain is that Downing Street remains absolutely adamant that there was no impropriety at all about this gathering. For those people who are listening to this and thinking, oh my God, I just don't want to hear anything else about Partygate. There's the cost of living crisis, there's the Ukraine. Can we please focus on that? Why are we talking about this today? Why does it still in any way matter? Well, it's a good question. I mean, let's scroll back to how we got here, the story so far as it were. Sue Gray's initial report on the 31st of January listed 16 events, no fewer than 16. The Met then narrowed that down to 12 for its own investigation. And when... Its Operation Hillman was complete. Uh, The Met announced that it had issued 126 fines to 83 people connected to eight dates, um, dates rather than events. So not eight separate parties. Yes, we just know the dates. We do know um, from Downing Street that the 13th of November 2020 evening party, the ABBA party, was not among them. Um, This strikes many senior Tories even now as to say the least, anomalous. A lot of senior Tories, considering their options, are very concerned about it. It's also worth noting that this was a time of like total national lockdown, yeah. right? This was like full national lockdown when the rules prohibited indoor gatherings of more than two people, except for explicit and completely unambiguous work purposes, which is one of the reasons why this alleged party has caused such consternation among Tories, especially. 376 people died from COVID on that day and 24,000 new cases were announced on that day. So for a number of people who may be tiring of that of that issue, I think it is important to remember the context, right, in, in which this alleged party happened. And it's it's it continues to have force. So, just ringing round about this, one of the potential leadership contenders, if if Johnson was to um, be sacked by his own party, said to me, and I'm quoting, "It makes Downing Street look like a bloody hospitality suite. We just don't look serious anymore." So that gives you a sense of how worried they are about not just the the um, the, the law breaking, but the sort of um, lack of decorum, the absurdity of it all. It's really striking, isn't it? And you'll remember that the day after the report was published, Sunak gave that huge announcement on his spending package to combat the cost of living crisis, especially for the most vulnerable. And the allegations over the weekend, especially surrounding this party, have just made that event seem like 
a really long time ago, right? I mean, The Telegraph reported that over the weekend, four officials had testified to Grey that the event had clearly been an unlawful party because they'd overheard music and the sound of socialising. And I mean, it's easy to laugh at this, but like, you know, the playlist of the gathering, supposedly a work event. To interview Henry Newman was the music of ABBA and in particular the song the winner takes it all. Um, and Benny Anderson from ABBA had actually said you can't call it an ABBA party and he'd sort of quite angrily, it seems, objected to that on the grounds that it's a Johnson party where they happen to play some ABBA music. It's not an ABBA party. But the persistent allegation that it was really an openly celebratory event to mark the exit of senior advisor Dominic Cummings and communications chief Lee Kane, whose leaving drinks Johnson had attended earlier in the evening, is one of the reasons why this is an event that's still dogging Johnson now, right? Yes, and again, over the weekend, the Sunday Times, in a very uh, pointed piece, alleged that there'd been, you know, efforts by Downing Street's officials, uh, including the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Steve Barclay, to water down a draft of, of the Sue Gray report, including, crucially, its account of, of the so-called ABBA party. Barclay was accused in this piece of tweaking to remove references to the music and the time it ended. Now, it's worth noting that Downing Street still denies the party. But it's equally worth noting that individual politicians and senior politicians have been a bit more circumspect. So on the Sunday media round of of, uh, television programmes, Brandon Lewis, the Northern Ireland secretary, was, was pressed on this quite often. And he told Sky's Sophie Ridge... I'm confident, particularly now that Number 10 have outrightly made the point and denied that this happened, that Sue Gray had the freedom to write the report that she was comfortable to write and publish. Now, the use of the word confident Mm. is a question of probability rather than fact. It says, Mm. that's what I reckon happened. But you can just see there, there's a a slight distancing, which is um, tiny but crucial. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Giles Wittell, Tortoise's Deputy Editor. On the News Meeting podcast, we try to make sense of what should be leading the news with three guests who each pitched the story they think matters most. And once a month, we record a live episode in our newsroom. The next one is on the 27th of March, and I'm going to be joined by the brilliant author and podcaster Elizabeth Day. To come to the event and tell us what you think should lead the news, go to tortoisemedia.com forward slash book. That is tortoisemedia.com forward slash book and there's a been an interesting change some people have argued in the language used by number 10 when responding to allegations of parties and rule breaking because over the weekend there was the allegation that there was actually another party held by mrs johnson carrie on the 19th of june in 2020 and that date will be familiar to some listeners as the date that Boris Johnson and the Chancellor Rishi Sunak were both already fined for the cabinet room birthday party um, that they attended. But the allegations were that actually in the evening, Carrie Johnson hosted another party, right? And so on this occasion, what was unusual, I thought, was that this one actually hasn't been denied by Downing Street. But it's the lack of denial around it has obviously led to a huge amount of commentary to try and fill in the gaps about what might have 
actually happened, um, as well as a renewed focus, I think, on Carrie Johnson's role and particularly on the November party when paired with allegations of yet another one that's emerged and another, you know, some familiar figures that are appearing in both of these incidents, right? I think what's really interesting is obviously uh, all this centres Carrie. Yeah. And I certainly feel that there's been a whiff of misogyny around some of the attacks on Carrie Johnson. Nobody ever scrutinised Philip May, Theresa May's husband, in this way or to this extent, although he was arguably, I would say, more influential on government than she is. But you have to acknowledge, I think, that Carrie does have a a gang or a faction, however you want to interpret it, of senior government officials. We've mentioned Henry Newman. There's Josh Grimstone, who now works for Michael Gove. Um, Simone Finn, who's one of the Prime Minister's Deputy Chiefs of Staff, and Meg Powell-Chandler, who's a, a special advisor in Number 10, as is Henry Cook. These are all members of, you know, the inner circle, Carrie's inner circle. And there's no doubt either that many Tories are very uncomfortable w- with the existence of this gang, and they regard its ascendancy at the end of 2020 as the moment that everything started to go badly wrong, which leads us has ever back to Dominic Cummings. Some detail is required. He In April 2021, Cummings issued a blog post, as he occasionally does, like throwing a hand grenade into a, <laughs> into a, into a pond, laying out what he saw as the details of the problem. Uh, at the time, there was a kind of big debate about who was, who'd been the chatty rat who had leaked plans for second national lockdown on the 30th of October 2020, bouncing the Prime Minister into a decision on that. And in the blog post, Cummings uh, went into some detail about the Prime Minister's allegedly weak response um, to the idea that it might be Henry Newman because he was, he, Boris Johnson, was fearful of how Carrie might react if he was forced to sack um, Newman. And this all contributed to this atmosphere, very febrile atmosphere around. MPs, mm. Tory MPs' attitude towards Carrie, I think. It's interesting. I think journalists are often maligned for taking too much notice of what Dominic Cummings says. But in this particular regard, he's obviously an extremely relevant character. He then propped up again, right, at the weekend when he gave this interview with Suzanne Moore on her Substack, in which there were a number of references to Carrie. And I think I agree particularly with your assessment of some of it being misogynistic, given that in his analysis... Boris Johnson's former wife had this sort of kind of calming, calming, calming organisational role to play in Boris Johnson's life that um, Carrie Johnson has has sort of refused to play and has made his behaviour far worse and him a much more difficult person for Dominic Cummings to have worked with. But he does describe, crucially, that alleged party on the 13th of November um, as brazen, or he describes... Um, Sue Gray's report of it as as brazen, i.e. that there's only cursory mention given to it and it hasn't been fully reported out in the way that some of the other parties were and made slightly coquettish reference to um, other parties that may have happened in the flat and checkers. Cummings makes it very clear that he holds Kaya responsible for much of the mess. But I think his subject, his interview with Suzanne Moore has kind of further fueled allegations of a cover-up following claims from an aide that they'd offered evidence to support these claims to Case and Gray, which were allegedly ignored. It's probably worth noting that the kind of next big moment in which we may see some of this unearth will be the Privileges Committee. So we've obviously seen the Sue Gray report for quite a while as a potential full stop to 
party gate, right? But actually, now that the Privileges Committee will be looking at all of this afresh and may invite Henry Newman, say, to give evidence, it's likely that actually we will see more information and, and probably clarity on, on these events. So how should we draw all these strands together? So... Having looked at this, I think when we've spoken, we've identified five ways in which the party that got away is a big problem at the worst possible moment. So as we speak, Tory MPs deciding whether or not to send in letters of no confidence, which would, of course, force a vote on Boris Johnson's premiership and kind of define his future as prime minister. Do you want to have a run through what they are? Well, let's... OK, yeah, I agree, there's five, and I think let's take them one by one. The first is that it looks fishy at best. You know, worth, again, saying Downing Street denial impropriety. But common sense forces one to ask, how many job interviews have you attended that have been carried out to the strains of ABBA? <laughs> I wish I had. certainly the answer is none in my case, <laughs> um, on both sides of the desk. I think the second problem is that it makes the Prime Minister, again, look like a creature of faction a weak man rather than a strong leader and consequently perhaps not up to the job. I think a third issue is that it it hints at the Johnsons using government premises routinely during lockdown for socialising. And we heard the quote from, you know, one leadership contender about that specifically. Mm. You know, that's a, that's a that's a charge that sticks and I think cuts through to members of the public. So I think the fourth point is that this is a reminder of the factional mayhem there was in number 10 then, the Vote Leave gang versus uh, Carrie Johnson's uh, faction. And crucially, the long tail of that conflict that's uh, visible in the enduring campaign by Dominic Cummings to bring about what he calls regime change. It's also a reminder of how uh, the initial reporting of the party was was undermined by a sense that this was just the product of factional attrition. It was reported in the Metro in the days following, but everyone said this was just part of a a vote leave briefing war. And finally, point five, I think is that Gray's report was symbolic because it failed to draw a final line under this Partygate saga in the way that some had expected it to. It's worth noting that the Privileges Committee, which is made up of those seven MPs, it's a cross-party committee which has been designed to try and work out whether or not Boris Johnson deliberately misled Parliament is able and likely to call witnesses on the back of the allegations around this party that we've seen emerge recently. So it may include Henry Newman, it may possibly even include Carrie Johnson, which poses the question, is Johnson's resignation the only thing that will draw a line under the Partygate episode? I think that's right. And I think what you have to conclude is that we, what we've called the party that got away, from at least from Sue Gray, hasn't really gone away at all, uh, and that it continues to haunt the Johnsons. And it continues to unsettle Tory MPs. This is the event that may yet be, to quote another ABBA song, their Waterloo. That's it from us. Thank you for listening to Slow Politics. You've been listening to me, Lara Spirit. And me, Matt Dancona. We'll be back again soon. The producer is Amelia Janssen. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about British politics, why not become a member of Tortoise, where you can read Matt's weekly column looking at the biggest issues in British and global politics and get access to more stories from our team of journalists. Just go to tortoisemedia.com slash friend and enter Lara50 or Matt50 to get a year's membership for £50. What comes to mind when you think of Amber Heard? A liar? A survivor? A narcissist? The trial of Depp v Heard was a global phenomenon 
but I want to know, was it a fair fight? I'm Alexi Mostris, the host of Sweet Bobby and Hoaxed. In my new podcast, I'm investigating whether Amber Heard was the victim of an organised trolling campaign. Just search for Who Trolled Amber wherever you get your podcasts.